When you really start to make the change is when you go from one single function into multiple functions, when you start to combine the end-to-end processes, and when you start to combine all the data that you then make available to the organization. I think data analytics is one of the key things that can really show the value of uh, global business services. And that data can influence your, your bottom line, but also your top line. Welcome to the GBS Masterminds podcast, the one and only platform for global business service leaders to share their experiences of building world-class shared service organizations. My name is Sashi Narahari, founder and CEO of Hyredius, and I'll be your host. Today, I'm honored to host Michael Vanderstein, a GBS leader with 20 plus years of experience, leading global business services across companies like Adidas, Axo Noble, and Bose Corporate. Currently, Michael serves as Global Vice President Audit to Cash at Adidas. Michael, thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thanks for the invite, Sashi, and I look forward to an inspiring conversation today. Michael, I want to start with how to pronounce Adidas. I hear like different versions, American version, German version. <laughs> so I'm curious, like, how would you, I know you're Dutch, so I'm curious, how would you? I'm Dutch, so I just say Adidas, but uh, yeah, there are different uh, ways of, of saying it. Yeah, but we tend to call it the three stripes. That describes us very well. All right. So Michael, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey? Sure. So as mentioned, I'm Dutch. I've been in uh, in different roles for uh, the past uh, 30 years. Tells also something about my age. I worked for a bank. Uh, I founded a credit insurance organization in the Netherlands, building that up and more as an entrepreneur. And uh, the last 10 years, I've been really active in the, in the GBS environment, starting with Axel Nobel as a global process owner in order to cash. And now in Adidas, uh, running that across wholesale, e-com and retail for Adidas. I'm a big fan of Formula One. I'm actually very proud to say that uh, since this weekend, I'm in the top 150 out of 1 million participants in the Fantasy League. So uh, it, apparently I know something about this sport and that's, uh, that kind of describes me in a nutshell. All right. So Michael, I'm going to ask you the $6 million questions that are most debated in the GBS world. Let me start with the first one. Captive center versus outsourcing. In your view, which model is better for deploying shared services? I don't think there's necessarily a better model. Uh, I think it all depends on uh, what you want to achieve. If you look at a, a captive model, what you tend to see is that you have more retention of your staff. Uh, you tend to be able to get uh, higher quality people. You can uh, deliver the services in a more agile way. So there's a certain advantage of, of using captives. Of course, if you want to move really fast, um, you use a BPO because when you go to a BPO, you have all their knowledge. They have a center already. They have the hiring engine uh, and they can really make sure that you build your organization very quickly. What, what I personally find very interesting is now the hybrid models, which is being offered by BPOs where they kind of hire for you. So you use all the benefits that you have from the BPO model, but then you take it over at some stage and make it a captive. So uh, these hybrid models are also popping up more and more. And in that sense, I think you can take the best of both worlds uh, to move that forward. Very interesting. All right, million dollar question number two, harmonize and standardize first versus lift and shift first. So there is a very common debate, Michael, among shared service leaders. 
to select the right strategy to transition world. What's your take on uh, what companies should do? First, lift and shift or standardize the process first and then lift and shift? Yeah, and I've done both. So I've been in the situation where we've lift and shifted and fixed and shifted. The fix and shift is really difficult to do. Just to give some background, if you are active in 82 countries and you then need to fix something in 82 countries with smaller teams, it requires a lot of bandwidth from your process experts to actually go in and standardize and then shift. While if you have it in your uh, own centers, uh, so you lift and shift, that standardization becomes a lot simpler because you just need to talk to, for example, in our case, uh, three centers. And then you can make the changes relatively fast. Training is easier. Agility is, is, is easier. So it has its pros and cons. And I always ask the question uh, when you look at this, if you want to change it locally, fix it in the market, why hasn't that worked in the past 10 years, right? I think that's always a question you need to ask yourself before you make that decision, because there are probably reasons why it hasn't worked in the past. Absolutely. All right, on to million-dollar question number three, Michael. RPA, robotic process automation versus foundational platforms. Today, many GBS leaders are struggling with scaling the quantity of RPA bots. I know there was a lot of bot stuff happening before, but now I'm hearing more and more that it's not easy to scale. It applies only for certain use cases. So I'm curious, what is your experience at implementing RPA and your recommendation? on using RPA, as well as RPA versus AI in GBS centers? I don't think it's a trade-off. In the end, it's a, it's a collaboration. And actually, uh, there's more and more uh, people that actually believe that having cloud platforms combined with RPA is, is a very strong combination. Uh, because uh, in the cloud platform, you can do a lot more with RPA than if you're building it on top of an on-premise. I see it a little bit as... A backpack. You have your backpack, it's filled with different tools. RPA is one of those tools. Machine learning is another. A platform is another. And you just need to look at what's my problem, what's the problem that I have, and choose the right tool or the right combination of tools, and then utilize that specific tool that works best for that specific problem. All right. Number four is GBS as a center from cost cutting to revenue driver. I know, Michael, you've been very successful in optimizing GBS operations for three large enterprises. Could you share with us your secret recipe for transforming GBS from cost-cutting focus to a revenue growth strategy? Sure. I think there's not necessarily a secret recipe. I think it's it's more about uh, how GBS tend to develop. Usually it starts with a shared service center for a particular function. And then you start to improve your labor arbitrage, right? So you get a lower cost. You do some improvements, and then everybody in the organization thinks that that's what you're about. When you really start to make the change is when you go from one single function into multiple functions, when you start to combine the end-to-end processes, and when you start to combine all the data that you then make available to the organization. I think data analytics is one of the key things that can really show the value of uh, global business services, and that data can influence your, your bottom line, but also your top line. A very recent example for, for us at Adidas is if you look at our e-com business. Uh, in the second quarter of last year, our e-com business grew 96%, of course, because of COVID, right? So uh, we, people were not able to go into stores. How do you deal with that situation? Well, the best way to deal with that situation is really to automate a lot of the process, which meant that we, we had the agility to grow really, really quickly. 
while also uh, making sure that we were appropriately processing our financials and collecting our funds. So those are some of the things that the GBS can do and the value that GBS can add. And you need to make sure that when you do that, you also market it appropriately. So you need to spend a lot of time actually communicating to the organization what's the value that you're adding and have a real communication plan and stakeholder mapping around that to secure that you're talking to the right stakeholders at the right time. All right. The next one is uh, the trade-off of core ERP and modern SaaS platforms. This is, I think, one of my favorite questions because I actually started my career as a SAP developer. <laughs> so very close to my heart and I like SAP too. What is your view on the trade-off between in the GBS leader's mind of you have this ERP platform to the SAP Oracle and especially you're going through an SAP HANA transformation. And then you also need to, you have these modern niche platforms like Coupa, Blackland, and of course, iRadius. So how do you make decisions on the trade-off between them and your process improvement and w- which one to choose? Yeah, it's, it's in the end, it's, it's really a simple choice. It's, it's about what is the requirements that I have and are these systems delivering that to me? More and more, it's about uh, cloud and SaaS solutions. So we have a lot of SaaS solutions in, uh, in our edge, we call it. And so those are the systems that are best of breed that deliver a lot of value to us as a business. They are doing all the developments, but with very importantly, also with input from us, right? So we deliver some of the intellectual property into that as well so that we make their products better. And in the core, we have a system, in our case, SAP, at the moment still R3, in the future it will be S4, where we really store the core data, the core of uh, primary data, the core of our, our accounting. But in, in the edge, we do all the things that we need to do to create an, uh, an exciting customer experience, right? to really excel in the customer experience and in the consumer experience. So I think both are complementary to each other, and more and more it becomes important that when, when you do that, that also the data gets unlocked in a way that allows you then to use other tools like process mining tools, for example. All right. All right. We can close. Michael, would you like to leave your listeners with some parting advice? Sure. I think at Adidas, we're very much about uh, diversity and inclusion. It's a, a topic very close to our heart. We embrace diversity. And what we see is that, especially today, it's really important that we listen to each other. And listening really means listening. So, uh, you know, create that understanding of what the other person is telling you. And that makes whatever you deliver stronger. That is for our vendors. That is uh, for our people in our own organization. That is for our athletes, for everybody we work with. And that is what drives value. Uh, So listen to what other people have to say. Embrace that diversity. Secure that people feel included in your organization especially in the GBS organization. We are one team. We, we belong to the whole organization. We're not a separate team. Uh, and that will really drive a lot of the value that can come from that collaboration. You bet. Michael, this has been a very insightful conversation. Thank you. Thank you for being with us here and sharing your story. Sure. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us on the episode of GBS Mastermind. For more episodes and information, visit gbsmasterminds.com and stay tuned for our next mastermind. That was the GBS Masterminds podcast. For more information, visit gbsmasterminds.com and make sure to search for GBS Masterminds in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found.
click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And on behalf of the team here at High Radius, thanks for listening.